Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to The Well Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes, except today Tim Scannell is not in the hot seat. Samantha Petrozinski is back with us and she is running the podcast on her own today. Samantha, how you been? I am doing fantastic, Eric. How about yourself this morning? Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm digging this. Tim's just, what, too busy for me? He's just, uh, he's yeah, getting really you know, popular. He told, yeah, he told me today is St. Patrick's Day, actually, as we're recording this, but I think it's your lucky day that I get to take over yes. and kind of run through the, the podcast today with you. I agree. So what are we talking about today? Well, it's always a great opportunity. As many people know me, I love to talk about my pets. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity to kind of share some tips to help people navigate pet ownership. Yes, I love this. Okay, Tim and I never really talk about pets. I don't know if he's a dog guy, cat guy, or what, but uh, I know through our conversations in the past, you are a dog young lady, right? Yes, I am. I own a, a dog, and I also have a black cat named Mr. Binks. I'm all about right. you know owning pets and navigating life with them. All right. Okay, so what do we need to know today? Uh, what are we talking about with pets? How does this fit into your general work that you do? Certainly. So I, I think one of the things, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but I think it's kind of a hot topic. Are you or have you heard of the pandemic puppy? That sounds um, you like know, a new TV show. <laughs> it's yes. It's pandemic yes. puppy. Wait, hang on just a second. Yes. Pandemic puppy. Anyway, <laughs> I only have Love one. Love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, I have but, not heard of the pandemic puppy. What is that? I mean, you know, last year during the pandemic, a lot of us during lockdown, you know, were just looking through social media. It was flooded with people sharing videos of them having the time of their lives, playing with their dogs, posting adorable photos and videos of their pets, even photobombing their business Zoom meetings. So it was, you know, clear to me, especially that a furry friend would make lockdown a lot less lonely. And, you know, there's many people out there who have been putting off getting a dog because of a lack of time at home. Mm -hmm. But suddenly, you know, they had abundance of time available and they saw lockdown as the perfect opportunity to finally raise a puppy where. But, you know, I always question was, were they prepared to handle the costs associated with owning a pet? Mm. Um, As as you know, Eric, dogs give a lot to us from unconditional love to messy kisses to being that perfect furry friend to snuggle with. Mm -hmm. However, you know, taking care of a dog also comes with emotional and financial responsibilities. Whether you buy from a pet store or a breeder, adopt from a shelter or even take in a stray, those initial costs to owning a pet are just the beginning of the story. And I want to make sure you understand how much it could cost to take care of your fluffy companion. Yeah, no, this is a great topic. And, and you're absolutely right. I remember one of the things that um, I was very, very pleased to see, especially on social media, was so many of the shelters were posting mm-hmm. pictures of empty shelters. That was beautiful to me. I mean, the, the, the shelters had no dogs. A lot of them had no dogs that were up for adoption because they were all gone. They've all been adopted. Uh, so that, that was a very positive thing that came out of COVID. Um, but you're absolutely right. I think people 
trying to fill that void uh, from their previous social life. You know, they're not, you know, around their friends as much or their family as much. Filling that void with a, with a uh, furry companion is fantastic, but the budget is, you know, we, we've been through a lot with our different dog surgeries and things like that, and it, it's expensive. I can definitely agree with that, and especially, you know, coming home or even being isolated at home with my dog and cat, you know, they bring so much happiness to my mm-hmm. life, but I was quite naive, you know, with the fact of how much it actually costs to take care of them both, you know, mm. in a household at times, especially if you're adopting a puppy, they can almost be as expensive as a, a toddler at times, you know, if there's certain things that go wrong. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to, you know, I know a lot of our listeners and a lot of people I know have recently, you know, purchased or adopted a new dog. So I thought it would be great to just share some of the tips and kind of help them navigate the costs that I've experienced thus far in my experience. All right, let's talk about it. All right. I thought I would start off with just a little brief background of myself, Um, especially, you know, growing up, my family has always been surrounded by a wet nose furry friend. Mm -hmm. In our eyes, dogs were more than just a pet. They were family. And I always knew when I went off on my own that I always wanted a dog of my own. But as I mentioned, looking back, I was slightly naive and misjudged the work it takes to actually take care of a dog. At that point, you know, when I moved out on my own, I did own Mr. Binks, my cat. But as any cat owner knows, cats basically take care of themselves. Let's be honest, they sleep all day, 2 a.m. hits, and they become Ninja Cat. Mm -hmm. Um, But back in December of 2019, I thought I would take the leap and adopt Remington from a local shelter here in Valparaiso. Um, And I will say she's truly a sweetheart, but the first couple of months were rough. You know, she was eight months when I adopted her. She was the queen of destruction, tearing apart anything in sight. <laughs> um, you know, I thought I could be the one to crate train. She actually cracked her two taint canine teeth trying to bite oh. through the cage. She um, so I definitely know with a few vet visits later that I needed to start budgeting for potentially her having to lose those teeth in the next, you know, couple years. So... Just with the understanding that I needed a better plan and to help, you know, find out how I can budget for those unexpected costs, my goal is to really share, as I mentioned, those few tips I've learned to to help navigate the cost to to make sure that people are making those important financial decisions to help their pup stay happy and healthy. And when I think about that, there's really two major transition points that you see when owning a dog. First is really just getting that fluffy companion whether, you know, the cost may vary depending on the dog breed, but also, too, if you decide to adopt versus, you know, purchasing from a breeder. If you purchase from a breeder, really, you can expect that the purchase price of the dog is really what the one-time or upfront cost that you'll pay. And that varies, you know, depending on the high demand for that particular Mm -hmm. breed. I've seen, especially, you know, my cousins with the French Bulldogs, you know, those are quite expensive, can range Anywhere from $2,000 um, even more, you know, if you're looking mm. for a purebred. But I'm a huge fan of adoption, you know, rescuing a puppy from a shelter. And a lot of times with that adoption fee, it's bundled. So there's, you know, they're covering a variety of expenses. Many shelters provide the microchipping, initial vaccines or shots, and some even spay and neuter the dogs, which... You know, the total cost can be upwards of $800 if you, you know, combine all of those. Mm -hmm. But we often see that 
shelters don't usually charge that upward amount, but rather most adoption fees range from $300 to $500, just depending on where you go. Mm-hmm. And I just remember when I adopted Remington, um, you know, the adoption fee was $310, but all her initial vaccines were included, shots included, she was spayed, microchipped. And one of the huge benefits I thought, especially the well done work of the shelter was that they actually partnered with a vet clinic in town. So her first wellness visit was actually free. So I think doing that research and just connecting with the shelter, you know, you're saving those initial costs up front, which for the long term, you know, can save you a lot of money. And I think for people that are, you know, interested, it's important to look, you know, if you're looking for a specific breed or, you know, you're just looking for that companion to fill that void, Adopting a dog may be more affordable option for most people considering the extras that you receive. Whereas if you purchase from a breeder, you know, you're often covering the shots, vaccinations on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think it's, go ahead. I was going to say, I agree 100%. I've, I've been doing some research, as you know, uh, through our conversations off air. We've always had dogs. And unfortunately, last year I had to put my my last big boy down. He's a bull mastiff and, and he was, you know, that age where... Um, it was too much pain for him to be in, and, and so I had to make that decision. But as I'm ready to get another dog, I've been doing a lot of research. I would like another large breed, and, and Great Dane is what I'm looking at, or Rottweiler. And purebreds are starting at 2000 uh, which is really high you know, for my budget mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, but what I found is those rescues, uh, and this is where we got both of our dogs before. They were both rescues, um, and I love that. But a lot of these rescues will scale the adoption fee based on the age of the dog. So... Uh, for mm-hmm. instance, one of the Great Dane rescues, if you want a, a Great Dane that's under two years old, it's 450 From two to five years old, it goes down to $300 for adoption. And if you're getting a, a Great Dane that's in its twilight years, it's seven years old or older, they, they drop it to like $200. So it's kind of nice that they, they do that for, you know, they, they want these dogs to have homes. And I know that that's why you specifically went and got a Remington, because it's you rescued him, right? I mean, this is somebody who needed a home and you had a place for him to be. Correct. Yeah. And I, and I thought just initially, you know, with the fact that I've always wanted a dog, I was like, oh, man, I have to get like a puppy or at least, you know, under age one. But there's so many amazing mm-hmm. dogs out there that are two to three years old, already trained, just looking for, you know, a family or an mm-hmm. owner that can give them a fulfillful life. And, you know, that's what I see a lot with the, the shelters. And the most exciting part that I see, you know, one of the first time, one time expenses that you experience as a first time pet owner is really the opportunity to buy them a collar, a mm-hmm. leash, crate, bed. And I just remember back um, when I first picked up Remington from the shelter, we shot straight to the local pet store. And the excitement I felt to just let her run wild through Mm -hmm. the aisles, picking out whatever toy she wants, uh, matching leash and harness, where I wish I just would have took a step back to plan a little bit more because I definitely overspent on things that I did not need. (laughs) Um, I paid $50 for this beautiful pet bed. And, you know, at the time, I didn't think about her chewing habit. Uh She completely destroyed it in two days. Um, so it's, you know, helpful if I could look back to just kind of focus on the essentials, you know, a bag of food right off the bat could be 30 to $50, especially if you buy in bulk that will, you know, set you forward for a couple months where you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And then the initial supplies can range anywhere from 50 to $300 just to make sure that 
you find a happy balance within your budget to really allow that. So I can definitely say on my end, I went overboard, you know, as a first time parent, but Mm -hmm. my pet style or parenting style is really just spoiling them. Um, So I definitely (laughs) need to get better than that. And then another one time cost, you know, I I thought about and a lot of people think about is really obedience training. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, personally, whether you choose to train your dog on your own or, you know, work with a local training facility in town, I really think it's beneficial to research affordable training classes. The shelter actually offered, you know, if I did enroll Remington into an obedience class and she completed it, they actually reimbursed you $50 for that, which, you know, I think is incredible. Again, showing their initiative to give back and just hoping to support their dogs for a fulfilled life. And so that's something, especially if people are out there, look look for discounts like that. Look for research that... Maybe you purchase three classes and the fourth one is free. Just deals like that can really save you a lot in the long term and help you to budget and ensure that helping to reduce those long-time behavioral issues can also save you a lot of money um, in the long-term term. As I mentioned, if Remy was a lot better trained, you know, with the crate, now she's spoiled and just sleeps on my couch all day. But, you know, (laughs) I could have avoided her cracking her teeth. So I think overall, when people think about you know, what would it cost the first year or initial kind of startup cost to really get a pet would be uh, a range from just $250 to 2000 Like I said, it varies, especially if you, you know, work with a breeder. But I think mm-hmm. ideally, if you're looking to adopt, that's kind of a good budget that you can really set for yourself. So how long have you had Remington now? It's been about a year and three months. So not very long, but I swear it, it seems like forever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so this is your first dog. What have you found as far as your ongoing expenses? I would say the most predictable ongoing cost and the easiest to budget for myself is really her food. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you understand your dog's routine, it's kind of easy to see, okay, you know, I have to purchase a bag of food, maybe three times a year, which could range around $50. But I think it also varies for those who have dogs that, you know, may be larger in size or smaller in size, so they don't eat as much or eat a lot more, or if they have dietary restrictions. So I think on average, you know, it's it's safe to say 30 to $80 per month, like I said, just varying mm-hmm. could be a good budget for food. Um, but what I found most useful is actually utilizing subscription services for pets food. So you might be familiar with this, Eric, but a pet delivery company like Chewy, they offer an auto ship program for food and treats. So you'll actually save 30% on your first purchase just by signing up. And then you'll even notice that, you know, if you enroll in that auto ship, the price of the items are actually at a discount. They usually, you know, reduce the price by about 5% compared to making that one-time purchase of the same item. Mm -hmm. So to me, especially busy, always working, I think it's very convenient and also helps those if you're on a tight budget, you know, to to save some costs initially, especially um, the ability to, as I mentioned, buy in bulk. So if if something's like a, a 25 pound bag of food, you know, you might only need to purchase that two to three times a year where if you're just looking to kind of save some money, but buy, you know, lower bulk, you know, you're going to be buying that item more frequently. So if you're kind of on that path, then it might be a good idea to check with your local pet supply store 
for a frequent buyer or rewards program. So that would be common if, you know, say you buy nine items of dog food and they give you the 10th one free. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm always a sucker and love kind of taking advantage of that because I know if it's an item that I'm going to continually buy, it's good to be able to purchase that and get one um, free every once in a while. And just similar to treats as well or toys, um, as I mentioned, I love to spoil my pets. And a lot of times that Remington has a new toy, she tears it apart. Um, So a great option too for those of you looking to kind of spice things up every month for your pet, maybe doing something like a monthly subscription with BarkBox or PupBox where it's easy to budget, you know, exactly what you're paying per month. And it also helps with if you have a pet that has a high turnover of toys, as I mentioned, just tearing them apart. You know, it's, it's something exciting to, to give them on a monthly basis. And usually the, the cost average is maybe $29 per month or with Pup Box, I think it's like $39 per month. So it's really a, a great option there for those that love to spoil their pets. Yeah, no, that's great. I think about this a lot, too, that, you know, I, I work long hours. I'm gone most of the day. Luckily, I do work close to my home, so I do have the opportunity to go home for lunch and spend some time with Remington. But life happens, and not all of us are that lucky. So maybe we need to think about dog walking or even all-day doggy care. So that's something to be conscious on if you're looking to buy a, you know, puppy in the next couple of months, you know, how you will take care of it when you're at work or even when you travel. So I think it's important now to see that dog walking can cost anywhere from 15 to $35 for a simple 30-minute walk, um, which, you know, can add up quickly if that's on a mm-hmm. daily basis. So just to be conscious of that, as well as I believe, you know, all-day doggy care is ranging from 20 to $40 per month, you know, just depending on or per day, sorry, just depending on the area and location that you are. So just to be conscious, you are a member that, you know, works a lot and you're looking to still allow your dog to get some exercise. You know, you may may need to budget for roughly 50 to almost $500 per month with just that. And I know to ensure Remington gets the right amount of exercise, we actually joined a local dog park in the area. Um, It was only about $20 for the entire year, which yes, the entire year, which I think is crazy, Mm -hmm. crazy cheap, but it allows me to socialize her. She has a blast. And I just know to keep that in the back of my mind as just an annual budget to ensure that we continue to meet that. So she's allowed to enjoy her time with her puppy friends. But I think one of the one of the things that you you brought up earlier is the obedience training, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's been numerous studies on both obedience training and then socializing for dogs because they need to get that energy out. And if you're not able to get that or if they're not able to get that energy out, then they are much more destructive because they're bored, right? I mean that that's all there right. is to it. They're looking for things to do. Um, if you're gone all day, you know, they, they will find things to entertain themselves. And it's usually expensive things that they find to entertain themselves with. Uh, and you can't blame them. You know, that's, that's, they need to do something. So having a couple days a week where they go to a doggy daycare to get that energy out, you know, and you're, you're balancing that with being able to take them to dog parks or socialize with, you know, a neighbor dog that, you know, is, lives close, whatever that is, they've got to have that social interaction just like humans do. 
Um, and I think a lot of people, they get that dog to solve their social issues. <laughs> we all do that a little bit, but we sometimes forget that they need, you know, that interaction. They can't just be, Hey, I'll see you in nine hours or I'll see you in 10 hours. You know, there's gotta be something there. And obedience training does actually cut down on, on the anxiety of dogs because they're, they have expectations or their little brains can, con- you know, conceptualize that they understand that. So they, they know what they're supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do. And it, it, it helps them be happier. So I think those are great ideas. Yes. Yeah. And you point out the topic too, where, you know, we're talking about costs of owning a pet, but really to the non-material costs is just the sacrifices you need to make mm-hmm. as a pet owner to take them on walks, to, to care for them. Maybe, you know, I found myself in the last year and a half where there are certain cases where if I work a long day, my friends might ask if I wanted to go out, you know, for food or drinks. And, you know, I have to think about to, to take the opportunity to just, you know, sometimes spend time with my dog mm-hmm. as much as I might use it as, as an excuse at times. But it's really, you know, she just sits at home all day. And, you know, that's what's causing, as you mentioned, kind of her the chewing and constantly finding toys that is interactive and keeps her mind busy. So that's some of the changes I've noticed with just my lifestyle in general is making sacrifices to ensure, you know, she's receiving benefits out of life as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, and I think, you know, when most people think of ongoing costs as well, it's really the routine vet care and preventative costs that they think of as well. Mm-hmm. So as, as any vet, as you can imagine, you know, recommends at least an annual wellness checkup which can vary in cost depending on where you live and the clinic that you intend. Um, I know for the annual wellness checkup for Remington, it's about $60 per year, but that can average, you know, around 45 to $85 per year, depending on your clinic. And really, if, if something's wrong with your pet, you know, if they have an upset stomach, if they get into something, eat something that they're not supposed to you know, those costs can really add up if you're visiting, you know, maybe once or twice every few weeks just to kind of resolve that. So just be conscious to at least have that amount in mind to, to budget for in case of an emergency. Um, but really where I see myself budgeting most is the preventative care. So the flea and tick preventive, mm-hmm. the heartworm medication. And I do this on a six-month basis. So for six months, I know the average dose is about... $212, so $424 per year that I just spend on the preventative care for Remington. And one of the, the huge benefits or programs that, you know, I'm a big fan of is ask your vet if they provide a lifetime vaccine program. I know both Binks and Remington are enrolled in this type of program offered by our vet, where for basically a one-time fee pets are eligible to receive the free core vaccinations for life. So really, you know, you pay that up front every time that you visit the vet. They just receive those free core vaccinations, saving owners money as well as keeping their furry friends healthy. Hmm. So I encourage you to talk to your vet about, you know, available programs that they might have that can allow you to save a lot in the long term. But regular veterinarian care, wellness visits, and vaccines aren't what you need to be concerned about when it comes to your pet's health care. And I know, Eric, you mentioned this a bit, but really it's the planning for the unexpected mm-hmm. emergencies, which is often the largest ex- expense most pet owners experience. 
Um, and I, I think it's common to, you know, assume that many owners pay out of pocket for their pet's medical expenses. You know, I personally do at this moment. And this is easier to do if you bring in enough income to put money aside for your pet's health care. But most people struggle to save money at all. And mm-hmm. more importantly, there's no way to anticipate what will happen in the future. You can't really predict when and how your pets will get sick or how much that will really cost you, you know, from x-rays to, to blood work. But on average, for an unexpected veterinarian, care can range anywhere from 800 to $1,500 or even more, just depending how serious it is. And so, you know, I often find myself too thinking about in the case with certain emergencies, if they're not treated properly because you're worried about the cost, that can also lead to, you know, long-term expenses because then the problem's never really resolved. Mm-hmm. Your pet continues to, you know, may they may suffer or continue to be a little sick because they're not getting the proper treatment. Um, and you can also see, you know, cost with just medicine in, in general if you need that on a monthly basis. Um, but one of, one of the things I find so interesting and I kick myself for not taking advantage of it is pet insurance. Um, Eric, are you kind of familiar with pet insurance or did you ever have that for your pets? No, we, we, we didn't. And it's something that I'm going to be looking into for uh, our next dog because the, we had a black lab who tore his ACL. And this mm-hmm. was probably a good 10 years ago and the surgery was a little over $1,000. Um, and with an ACL tear, it's about a 50-50 that it's going to take it all because, you know, how easy it is to keep a dog, you know, <laughs> laying down on the couch all the time. They, they want to get up and be active. So it's very difficult for that that surgery to heal correctly. So it's about a 50-50. And with our black lab, he was very active. So he did not, it did not uh, take. And so it was a basically, I'm not going to say it was $1,000 wasted, but it really was $1,000 wasted because it didn't take. And so for the rest of his life, his rear left leg was atrophied a bit and it didn't he wasn't as active so then we had to get glucosamine and we had to make sure that he had a lot of glucosamine in the system to help with the joints and all these other things because of that one event pain pills later on in his life um, and we ended up having to put him down a little early just because it was too hard on his hips because of that ACL tear from mm-hmm. years ago so though exactly what you said right it's an emergency it, it's not just a one-time cost because there's going to be ongoing things so at that point we did not have pet insurance but i'm definitely looking into it for the next time i know my uh employer hightower actually offers to kind of you know similar to our health benefits they actually offer pet insurance wow and at the time you know i was like wow this would be really great you know especially if you visit the vet more than on an annual basis especially if you might have a older companion mm-hmm. similar to Binks. I mean, he's almost nine years old now. But the the topic with that is that you have to kind of do it quickly. It's almost you get pet insurance as soon as you get the pet because um, some of the details I'll share is that, you know, it doesn't cover pre-existing conditions. And sometimes depending on, you know, the policy, there's uh, flexible, you know, policy options out there if you do the research, but a lot of them never cover pre-existing conditions. Mm-hmm. So in the case, if I purchased it now for Remington and she needed her teeth removed, that would be considered a pre-existing condition. Mm-hmm. But I thought I'd share with, you know, some people, they're like probably thinking to themselves, pet insurance. Well, how is that different from kind of human care insurance? Well, it's 
pretty similar. You purchase insurance coverage from an insurance provider and your plan covers certain expenses related to your pet's healthcare, basically. You pay a monthly premium and you may need to meet a deductible before the coverage actually kicks in. But after that, you can expect your insurance provider to really pay for your pet's um, covered expenses up to that limit. And why, while human insurance plans typically reimburse doctors and hospitals for the cost of care, a pet insurance plan will reimburse you directly. So there's no minimum coverage requirements, but as I mentioned, it's important to be aware that pet insurance never really covers pre-existing conditions. So in the case, if you're interested in looking at pet insurance, it's good to have that conversation yeah. with your vet just to see what would be covered. I know there's certain policies that they do kind of the minimal coverages. So if you're just looking to help cover those annual vet visits, vet visits, sorry, um, there's, you know, policies that cover that or there's policies for the extreme, you know, as in your case, Eric, as you mentioned, kind of dogs, hamstrings or, or major surgeries that they need. There are just policies that you could pay into that help cover those costs. And mm -hmm. due to that, you know, some people think it's, you know, best to purchase pet insurance when you first get your furry friend, as I mentioned, because on average, I would say the cost of pet insurance is roughly around $585. So if that's something like 48 to $50 per month that you might be paying to help cover your dog on kind of a basic policy, as well as maybe more around $30 per month for cats, mm. um, just varying by the, the policy that you pay for as well as by the state. But I think paying a small bill upfront makes it possible to afford treatment for your pet at really any age which is why, you know, we're seeing more and more people think or believe that pet insurance is, is worth the cost. And I, I think so in terms of the peace of mind, knowing you're financially covered in the case of an emergency, which in, in my opinion is invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. We went over a lot of information, you know, some of the tips that I kind of reviewed and experienced thus far, kind of owning, you know, Remington, especially with Binks. And hopefully some of the key takeaways that we can really get from that is first determine how much, you know, monthly expenses will affect your budget. You know, do you have the discretionary cash flow to accommodate the, the reoccurring expenses on a monthly basis? And if not, you know, are you willing to cut back in areas such as, you know, going out to eat, you know, maybe cutting down on the area that where you live that you may be overspending that you could help accommodate and really be a great pet owner to ensure that, you know, they have a great life. I also found that it's important to set aside a portion of your emergency fund for that unexpected vet bill. Mm -hmm. As financial advisors, we always preach that, you know, as a human and how you look at your expenses, it's always good to have three to six months of expenses set aside in an emergency fund in case, you know, unexpected events happen in your life. But we should do the same and proactively save for the unexpected things that happen in our pets' lives. Because as we all know, pets have their own life and tend to, at least mine, get into things that they're not supposed to. Mm -hmm. They eat things that they're not supposed to. I can definitely say that although I have fake plants everywhere in my home, my cat, Mr. Binks, insists on still eating them, um, which is always, you know, three to four days of uh, upset stomach. But I would definitely say, you know, there is a high probability that every pet, you know, whether regardless of the age, 
will, you know, experience an unexpected kind of major vet bill through their lifetime. So it's just good to kind of start taking the steps to really prepare for that as a, as a pet owner. Yeah, absolutely. The third one would be, you could take anything away from this is really just to to take a a step back and think about how you would feel if you are faced with a life-saving vet bill that you really can't afford, you know, before it happens. And unfortunately, I think about this a lot just because Remington and Binks are my family. So similar to people who have children, they are literally my fur babies. My entire life revolves around them. I always joke that, you know, I work hard to give them a fantastic life. Um, So I know personally that I don't want to put myself in that position. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's not fair to be in that position for them as well. So I'm conscious and put my efforts forward to, you know, set aside enough cash each month ensuring that their accommodations, their medicines and food are included in my budget. So I know in that case, you know, if something seriously needed to be done, you know, I have the comfort knowing that my budget or what I set aside can help cover that I can have the peace of mind just to focus on them in that moment rather than worrying about the money. Yeah. And if it's, if it's money that something, you know, you're kind of worried about not being able to afford those big vet bills, well, that's when you may consider, you know, purchasing pet insurance, which, you know, as, as we talked about, I did not purchase pet insurance, but in hindsight, I wish I did. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a good opportunity to just visit your local vet. He or she will likely have a lot of information for you about purchasing the pet insurance and what you should get, what you shouldn't get, what will be covered. Um, so it's really important to do your own research because not all policies are created equal. Mm-hmm. And, and just like, you know, the, the, the work that you guys do with your human clients, uh, you know, everything varies depending on somebody's specific situation. And that's the exact same thing with our pets. Every pet is different. Uh, you've got a couple smaller pets there. I've always had very large pets. Uh, so it was funny listening to you talk about buying dog food. We were buying a 50-pound bag per month because we had two dogs that were both big, so a little different than three bags a year. Uh, but uh, everybody's situation is different. Uh, and if somebody wants to reach out and talk to you about, hey, how how can you help me budget you know, for, for a pet specifically, or just talk about your pets together, how, how do they get a hold of you? I always encourage people to call me directly. So my direct office line is 219-246-5709. Or you can certainly shoot me an email at spetrzinski at hightoweradvisors.com. Um, but I always joke about, too, people want to come in. You know, we can put a personalized plan just to review how you should be budgeting for your pet. But I always joke with Tim, I, I think we should have a, an office dog. You know, how fun would yes. that be? Absolutely. You know, especially as, you know, as long as no one's allergic to it. Because um, honestly, I'm allergic to cats, even though I own one. Mm-hmm. But just the... The atmosphere and the vibe that they bring, you know, is, is just true, true happiness. I'm so on board. I always Send me enjoy the petition. that. <laughs> I'll sign it. Yep, I'll sign it twice. I'll sign multiple names. You don't have to tell Tim. Don't, don't let him listen to this podcast. <laughs> right, up, right. I'm taking it. over. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fantastic. Samantha, thank, thank you so much for filling in for Tim. And, and again, you're welcome back anytime. That would be great. Thank you so much. I always appreciate it. And I was super excited about this topic because my my pets are my life. And just talking with you today was was a blast. So I appreciate you having me. You bet. And our last thank you, of course, goes to you listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Wall Street Podcast with Tim Scannell. 
and Samantha Petruszynski. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC.